As many of you know, our Instagram account was recently hacked and we thought we would never get it back. Um, but today we're going to be speaking with the man who helped us recover that uh, and hearing a little bit about his faith journey as well. Stay with us. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on another episode of The Catholic Gentleman. We are your hosts, Sam Guzman and John Heinen. We're blessed that you are here. If this is your first time listening to us, we encourage you to subscribe so that you can get every one of these episodes. Unless you don't like this episode, then I get it. Try and listen to another one. Um, and uh, if you're on YouTube, click that subscribe and that bell button so that you can get notified. We premiere these episodes uh, live. Often we're on chat and we're able to uh, engage with people. And finally, we want to thank our donors for making this possible. We just thank all of our Patreon donors that um, that provide uh, the ability for us to continue doing this. And if you have been prayerfully discerning, uh, helping the Catholic gentleman expand our mission to more men in this world that are in need of it, we'd encourage you to head over to patreon.com slash Catholic gentleman, check out tiers and see if there's one that fits um, uh, your financial status and we'd be grateful for it. So Sam, branching it in the teaser. We uh, lost our Instagram account. <clears throat> it was quite a few days of, of headache and stress. It actually happened on August 21st, and a lot of you were aware of it. Um, as you know, and many of you know, we got our Instagram account back, and we only did so by, by God's grace through the instrument of Matt here, and we are so excited that he could join us on this episode. So, Matt, how are you doing? I am doing well today, John, Sam. Awesome. So I think it's great to start by, um, we're going to talk about your life, and that's going to kind of give the biography later on in the episode. But I want to start and just kind of talk about the situation with Instagram that we found ourselves in. So let me set the stage. I did not set up two-factor authentication on our Instagram account. And you know, I had been warned about it and people had suggested it to me, you know, but having never experienced it in my arrogance or ignorance, both uh, just thought, eh, not going to worry about it. That's just another hassle. And hey, Instagram and Facebook, they they own the world, so they know what they're doing. I'm not going to worry about it. And so uh, I got, um, I you know, here at The Catholic Gentleman, there's multiple people that have access to our Instagram account, and I received a text um, that uh, asked to click on a button uh, to give somebody um, access. Uh, that happens frequently enough over here when somebody is, like, traveling or they're trying to access it on their phone or their computer. So I didn't think twice. And I clicked on the button, and then... 30 minutes later was told by a close friend of mine that our Instagram account had been hacked and was promoting a Bitcoin um, scam and, uh, to other people. And I immediately sat down and was like, hey, you know, I'm a marketer by profession. I, I have Facebook reps, uh, so we'll figure this out. And so I dive in, I start working on things, I start stressing about things, I start seeing um, that that they are posting more and more stories and Bitcoin scams on behalf of the Catholic gentleman. I start reading the comments about people chastising us and telling us that we are sinning by doing this. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, I just surrender this to you. I'll put this in your hand. And um, so I had a, a, a couple long days. I did talk to Facebook twice 
Uh, they informed me what I needed to do, you know, market as spammed, et cetera, et cetera. This happened over a month ago. And I want to make this known to our listeners. This happened over a month ago. I did everything Facebook told me to do. And I have never heard back from Facebook till this day. I haven't heard back that they're working on it. I hadn't word back, heard back that they received my information. Um, and Throughout this process, I read on a Consumer Reports article about all these individuals who have lost their Instagram accounts and Facebook accounts with upwards of 200,000 followers. And so I had just resigned, hey, we're going to have to start from scratch. I know it's been a nine-year you know, um, evangelization tool to reach more men, and we were up to 78,000 men. But we're just going to have to start from scratch. And I just surrendered to the will of God that this was something that the Catholic gentleman had to learn the hard way. And uh, there's a real sense of helplessness that goes along with that. Like you just feel like uh, kind of a despair that that something that's a really, really valuable thing, uh, albeit digital, um, has just been taken from you. Yeah. 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 So true. And so then I get this comment on our Facebook page, which we still had access to from matt and the comment said hey i've been negotiating with the hacker to get back your page and i was like yeah right <laughs> honestly i was immediately like this is just another hacker and i was i didn't trust anybody honestly that's a that's a trick of satan too right is to put in our hearts a distrust for for all man you know and that's kind of where i was in this situation and so matt here so graciously was like no i've been working for a while um and uh, then another comment came in a little bit later with um, backup codes to, you know, get back into your Instagram account. And I started and tested out those backup codes and I it worked. I jumped into Instagram account. I set up two-factor authentication and I immediately called Matt. And that's where our relationship and our journey began. So, Matt, if you wouldn't mind adding your story to that, you know, I mean, you you were a follower of the page, but we didn't know each other. And, and you were not, um, you know, you tell it yourself and, and we'd enjoy hearing it from you. So I, I fight with these guys all day, every day. I am constantly in a constant war with them. So, uh, cause they're always trying to come after me, after my company, uh, and we fight them at every turn and then to see them take over your page, you know, it, it kind of made my blood boil a little bit because I'm like, you know, you're trying to get a bunch of Catholics to buy into a Bitcoin scam. Like how, how's that going to work out for you? Um, so I actually messaged your page to to reach out to the person who took it over and, but they were paid by someone else. So then I talked to them to find out who, who actually paid them to take it over because it, the, it's weird how this is like a, an enterprise operation, meaning the person who's hacking into the accounts is often someone that's just doing it as a day job. Like they actually have no interest in you or your account. Uh, they're being paid by someone else that was targeting your account. And so as I started talking to that person, uh, going back and forth, uh, you eventually we settled on, you know, returning the page back to you. And it's very dangerous to do this. I don't recommend you do this unless you learn the trade a little bit, because mm. a lot of times what will happen is they make their money three ways over. So they hijack yeah, your us. account. 
they hijack your account and then they try to manipulate the followers into buying into the scam. Then they take your credentials that they managed to get from you and then they sell it on the black market. <laughs> and then they try to make their money a third way by selling the page back to you. <laughs> so that's how they make their money three times over from one transaction. And so you have to be very careful when you're trying to negotiate to get the page back because if they say, hey, $1,000, get the page back, you say, oh, okay, here you go, here's $1,000. They say, great, thank you for the good faith deposit. Uh, now the actual price is, you know, 10,000. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've been known to do that. So you can't be too quick to just hand over money uh, to them. And, you know, you, try, you batter them down, talk them down and just make them get sick of you, but they hang on to you because they want their money. Yeah. Well, and tell us a little bit about that. You, I remember you telling me you prayed the litany of humility, right? So you kind of, uh, you started this of, of really a good Samaritan and, and we couldn't be more thankful for you, but then you had reached a, a breaking point as well, or I guess an end point where you felt like maybe it wasn't going to go any further. I did. I did because he and I had been going back and forth for two days and I could tell that he was getting very tired of me badgering him. And, but if there's one thing that people from that particular country, so this person was from I India, they're mm -hmm. very, they're very persistent, um, albeit oftentimes for the wrong reasons. Uh, but it just kept going. And uh, at one point at midnight, I did pr break down and I prayed the litany of humility. And I, you know, said, God, you know, if this is what you want me to do, you know, happy to do it just yeah. let me know that I'm doing what you want me to be doing. <laughs> wow. And so I guess fi finish it out uh, from your standpoint, you struggled to get a hold of us. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a paradox here where, where we're hacked, but at the same time getting in touch with us is, is a difficulty. Um, so. It was definitely a struggle because I went to your Facebook page and I'm like, how do I get a hold of these guys? <laughs> I went to your website. How do I get a hold of you? <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. And so, uh, yeah, so you got the page back. Um, and and I guess, how did that happen? Did he just send you those codes or, um, yeah, well, how did, how out yeah, of the blue? Uh, no, he, he and I were going back and forth all morning because uh, it, it took a little while because, uh when you pay these guys, they obviously aren't saying, Hey, wire it to my bank account. Like it's not, it's not that simple. Yeah. Uh, what, what they do is they also hack PayPal accounts. They hack Venmo accounts. Mm -hmm. They hack all different types of money transfer accounts. Um, and the reason why they hack it is not so much to steal the money that's sitting in those accounts. Cause most people don't leave money in those accounts. It's mm. for things like this here, send it to this random PayPal account of some you know, random person in the UK. Yeah. And then they funnel it through a whole bunch of other accounts until it eventually gets back to theirs. Now those international wire transfers, uh, they can, they can take a while. So that's where I was getting a little anxious at, you know, was this the right move? Wow. Wow. Well, I couldn't be more grateful for, for you doing that. And I would say just one final point from my standpoint that I really appreciated from you is and I think it's important for our listeners to know is that when I jumped on the phone and talked to Matt, Matt was real uh, virtuous in his statement that, hey, you know, <clears throat> they're just you know, other human beings, right? 
this is a, a profession. It's a career for them. Let us pray for them that they might, you know, be illuminated by by faith and understanding the the negative consequences or sin involved in using other people. You know, but but it's not anything that's a you know direct say terrorist attack against you from a like a moral standpoint as much as it is just you know that they're doing their job. And so let's let's remember to to pray for them. And I appreciated that reminder that you gave me, Matt. Okay, it's just like um, with credit cards. You know, you sometimes you get a credit card fraud transaction. Uh, sometimes credit cards are skimmed, meaning you use it at a gas station, there's a skimmer there and they're able to just steal the information. Uh, other times it's just completely random. Somebody's just typing, a, uh, like a, a human machine is just typing random numbers and they eventually they get a hit. And that's how that sometimes happens. So it's not always targeted. It's just sometimes it's just random. Yeah, sometimes they send a text to a guy who foolishly clicks on it <laughs> and then um, there you go yeah I, and, and i'll say to uh, uh to our listeners we're never going to ask you to pay us for bitcoin or anything else like that like it's just not that's not our method so if you see that it's probably a red flag don't send us uh money via paypal or other uh bank transactions uh, but i do appreciate um matt your perspective because you do battle these guys all day and yet you haven't lost sight of their humanity and the fact that these are real souls on the other end that um they're they're not necessarily evil but they might be from like some disadvantaged country economically and they're just trying to survive they're just trying to make money and this is the way they figured out to do that and it's you know, I, I appreciate that perspective because a lot of times we can just demonize. Uh, I mean, it's so faceless. You know, you just think, oh, a hacker. You know, like, who? What? What's a hacker? And like, are these people even real? Like, do they even exist somewhere? But, but they do. And um, you know, to to have the compassion to do to pray for them and to see them as um, real people is something that I think is really impressive about the way you handled this and. And, um, you know, it, it, it must be hard at times to not get cynical when you do what you do for a living. But uh, it sounds like you found a way to, to, to um, keep your faith intact and your, your trust in the goodness of the world. And, and like to just, again, see these people as human beings and not, you know, evil monsters of some kind. And, and I really appreciate that. It's just like... Uh... Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this is the best example, but it's just like ants. You know, ants are in your house; they're eating your food. They're incredibly annoying, but it's just, it's what they do, and you can't really hate them for it. You, you just say, okay, this is what they do, and do your best to prevent them from coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a good analogy, <laughs> just what they do. But, um, but yeah. So, like, obviously, you bring a lens of faith to this work. Like, this isn't just about you know, cybersecurity or whatever to you, but could you share a little bit about your faith journey? Like uh, what, what, um, what role does your Catholic faith play in your day-to-day um, and, and how you approach your work? So my, my faith has definitely taken a, a different change over the last couple of years. Uh, I actually, I was born Catholic, raised Catholic. I was a cradle Catholic. Um, I actually turned away from the faith. Um, probably about 11 years ago, I had kind of been drifting away. But then when my son was, my oldest son was diagnosed with autism, I, I just thought that was like a crushing blow. I'm like, why, you know, if God's real, why would he, you know, why would he do this? This is like mm. cruel. 
But then as time went on, especially within the last two years, uh, you know, God started calling to me to come back and it, you know, kind of pinnacled with my son being in CCD and going to a confession. And so then I had been to the confession for the first time in 20 something years. Wow. He was too afraid to do it. So I had to go first. Um, and I guess God heard that and said, welcome home. Now it's time to get into gear. And, uh, you know, one night I, I heard a, a voice in my head saying, pray the rosary. And I'm just like, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a rosary. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went to his CCD. Uh, I'm trying to think of what it's called. It's like a mass they have at the beginning of okay. the season. And someone was in there and said, hey, I was inclined to give this to you. I don't I don't know where this came from or how it came to be, but I found it and I was just called to give this to you. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Uh, I guess I guess I'm guess I'm praying the rosary now. Wow. Um, but that was tough. Uh, if you don't really know what it is, uh, it's really hard to get started doing it. You know, I didn't really understand how the mystery component tied into it. It's like okay. You do 20 decades, just announce it. Okay, you have to think about it while you're doing it. It's I didn't realize how complicated doing a rosary could actually be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that. It is it's true. Uh conversation um that we brought up uh, frequently on this on this podcast is how to start praying the rosary and how to do so effectively. So I appreciate you you sharing that. And and I'd like to hear a little bit more. So uh, you you started to drift away from the faith and you would say you were basically a practicing Catholic all the way up until the the birth of your firstborn son? I was practicing. I wasn't going to church on Sundays. I hadn't gone since college. Once okay. I started college, I had kind of left because uh, I, like, I didn't have time to go to church on Sundays. And so I just never went back. And, and then once my son was born, I, I was just kind of at a loss. I'm like, I don't know, you know, what to do. Um, but I kept saying my, my, our father in a Hail Mary every night, just because that's what my mom drilled into my head. You know, she's no matter how mad or sad you are, how tired you are, you know, you say an our father in a Hail Mary before you put your head down. So I always did. And so I, I guess God never really. I guess he heard it and kind of saw how distressed I was and eventually said, okay, uh, I get that you're distressed. Now I'm going to walk you through why I did what I did and you're going to come back home. Now we go to church every Sunday. Sometimes we go to church on Saturdays as well. Um, And then, you know, we, I'm in a Novus Ordo parish, but anytime that within the parish, they have a TLM in some a particular random church somewhere we'll, during the week, we'll try to go to that too. Hmm. Oh, very great. Yes. Um, and then re- recently, within the last two years, it really got pumped in the gear because I was at a job that was killing my marriage, like completely, completely destroying it. I was doing- Real quick, this is, what a, where were you in your faith journey? Um, before this, this it it, w- it was okay. coming back to life. So, okay. uh, 
uh, my son had made his first his first confession in early 2019 mm. and the the hell that became my day job started in early 2020 mm. and it w- was absolutely decimating me on all fronts and then one day i just got a call out of the blue saying hey do you want to come work over here well who are you uh we're just you know we have a we have a job opening you seem good for it how did you find me no we don't, we don't know <laughs> but you seem like you're the right guy I'm like okay <laughs> and so i'm like well that that's got that has god's fingerprints all over it so <laughs> yeah that's pulling me out of that terrible situation um and you know he put me to work essentially doing work like this of you know combating you know people who wish to do harm as their day job and so it you know gives me a lot of purpose in life <laughs> wow yeah well thanks be to god i'm glad to hear that yeah um it kind of took it kind of took like a, a pinnacle though um i think once i started getting really in line with god uh going to church on sundays going to confession weekly starting to go to adoration and benediction uh somewhat regularly uh one night my my wife kind of woke screaming and she was just screaming her head off i'm like what is what is happening right now and uh there was a shadow in the room and it was like Mm. strangling her i was like what is I'm like what is happening right now? Um, so I had a prayer book to St. Joseph next to me, and I took it out and started praying to St. Joseph for help because you know he is the terror of demons. Yeah. Uh it went away. Uh my wife and I both saw like kind of like a bright light in the shape of an eye in the room, which was really strange. And you know, my wife and I just looked at each other. What was that? Wow. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that was one last failed. Uh, vengeful strike to say, hey, you know, you were mine, come back to me. Um, but, you know, now we're, you know. Full of cracks and Catholics. Yeah, praying the rosary. I'll this all day. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, as we were talking um, before the show, like, uh, you think you have a, a another devotion that you pray um, that, that uh, isn't very well known, but I think it's something that's important to you Sure. Uh, about that. Sure. So the the rosary, as you know, uh, Mary described it as the the battering ram into the kingdom of Satan. Right. This is an offensive weapon that you use against Satan. But you know, the best offense isn't always the best defense. So one of the things that I think people need to start doing is if you're going to wield the sword. You need to wield the shield. So this is a Delore rosary. Yeah. It has seven Our Father beads on it, and it has seven Hail Mary beads. And then as you're praying it, you meditate on the sorrows of Mary, her se- the seven swords that pierced her heart. And what Mary promised St. Bernadette, I believe it was St. Bernadette, for this devotion is that this is the shield against the kingdom of satan Mm -hmm. so this is your shield this is your sword 
Amen. No, I love it so much. I appreciate you sharing that. And you, uh, do you find yourself praying the seven uh, sorrows of Mary uh, on a daily basis, frequently? How does how does that fit into your? I try, I try to do it daily. Uh, wow. So what I try to do is the seven sorrows rosary in the morning, and I try to do the uh, Dominican rosary in the evening. Wow! Thanks, big God. No, no, I appreciate you sharing that. So, well, good. And uh, for our listeners, I'll go ahead and I'll put that devotion in the um, the show notes uh, so you can click on that and you can learn more about it. Uh, so, Matt, let's talk a little bit about your life as an IT individual. And let's let's go back to the beginning. Like, uh, what got you into this as a child? Were you big into video games or, you know, into computers? Like, what, what got you into uh, an interest in technology? So I've always been a, a, a tech enthusiast. Uh, I've built my own PCs from an early age. Mm. Uh, you know, I had the Sega Genesis, uh, <laughs> had the Sega Dreamcast. Uh, I was never really like a PlayStation or a Nintendo person, although that's kind of what I have in my house today is uh, you know, Nintendo Switches. That's funny. Um, but I, I went to school for accounting because my... My mom always, you know, that's kind of like where my mom pushed me and my, my dad pushed me. They were like, you know, go go do something with money. There's money and money. I'm like, well, I don't really want money. I want purpose, but I just did it because that's what they kind of pushed me to do. Um, and <laughs> this is the, uh, I, I, this is where I think that, you know, God is kind of like, you know, he, he's he's got plans for you, whether you know it or not. Yeah, amen. He, uh, he, I, I applied to a role that was called senior financial analyst, right? But it was not a financial analyst role. They were wanted me to be the IT person, but they wanted me to be the power user for the finance department using the IT software. So they needed someone who knew the IT software, but no one knew the IT software. So they sent me to a training to learn the IT software. And that's how I became the IT person. And then my role just kind of developed from there. And then, you know, if you want to think about it, uh, you know, in, you know, where God's putting things into play long before they ever need to be. Uh, my, you know, my wife recently gave birth to our fourth son. Yeah, praise God. Uh, you know, I have a, I have my oldest is as a boy. I have two girls, and then I, I have fourth one, a son. And. I was getting panicked because my wife wanted to do this birth at home. And I was just absolutely panicked because I saw what happened with my first son, and how everything went so wrong. Uh, I, had a, I had a dream from Mary the night before she came to me in a dream and said, don't worry about it. I'm handling the delivery. Your midwife won't be there. I've got, I, I have it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, was that, did I, like, you know, That's and I'm waiting. I think to myself, like, what kind of weird dream was that? Because yeah. um, then I saw my wife, my wife really wanted a, a water birth and she wanted to give birth in a, you know, in a pool. But in that dream, she wasn't birthing in a pool. She was just birthing like kind of like on the floor from what, from what I remember. And what ended up happening was she went into labor the next day. <laughs> um, wow. And she she wanted to meet me to fill up the pool, but we couldn't fill up the pool because I couldn't unhook the shower head. And if anyone has ever changed a shower head, you know it's like a 30-second thing that takes absolutely no time. That's right. I couldn't 
get it off with like a plumber's wrench I, mm. <laughs> and grips and I, I, I couldn't, it wouldn't move. <laughs> Um, she didn't want me filling up that, that, that pool. So then she's like, let's go to the bed. Well, in the dream, she wasn't giving birth in the bed either. Bed collapsed. Your bed collapsed. Bed completely collapsed. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I got to fix this. So that's what men do. That's right. <laughs> so she, she's laboring, but she's like, she's not there yet. So she's like, go, go, go fix it. So I go to, I go to Home Depot, pick up a bunch of wood. I stop by on the church, the church on the way back, go to confession. You know, I, I kneel down next to St. Joseph. I'm like, you are the carpenter. Please help me do this. I go back to the house. I, I drill into the wood frame of the bed so I can you know, reattach this new piece of wood that I got to re- restructure the frame and a bunch of bugs come out of it. I'm like, oh, is that termites? That's, that's weird. Like I have termites in the bed, but nowhere else. That's really strange. So we'll get, we'll get back to that. So my wife ends up giving birth uh, and, and I catch the baby. And I to, the, I, to this day, I don't know how exactly I did that because wow. I, can tell you I'm not an OB. I have absolutely no idea how to do that. <laughs> um, but if there's one thing that I learned from that experience is that when you're doing the the joyous mysteries of the rosary, do not neglect St. Joseph in his Amen. role in that. Amen. Wow. Um, oh, and then uh, after I called, uh, after all this went down, I called an exterminator. Exterminator looks and says, he's like, those weren't termites. Those were furniture beetles. So I said, what, what exactly is a furniture beetle? He said, well, about 50 years ago, when your bed was just a tree in a forest, these beetles laid their eggs. And they happened to hatch that day at that time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing either, but apparently that's a thing. Let me check my bed later. Oh, no, right? <laughs> exactly right. Uh, all beware. Um, Satan can use furniture beetles, um, but so can God. <laughs> exactly. Wow, what a um, story. Because no, when continue. I thought they were when I thought they were termites, you know, I was praying to God. I'm like, what? You know, I've been trying to do everything right. Why did you send this pestilence uh, to me? And I, and I just never heard anything back from him. But then once the exterminator explained what it was, I was like, oh, that's why God never answered because it was just something that God put into place to have the delivery the way he wanted the delivery to happen. Wow. Well, what a blessing. I mean, just to have eyes to see and ears to hear like, like you did. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's really miraculous. And God is always hunting after us and he's always searching for us and he wants, um, you know, wants us to, to rely on him and trust in him. And he's definitely giving you some very clear and <laughs> present situations to do so. Wow. Yeah. Um, one of my friends, uh, it basically said that Matt, uh, you're being called to a higher level level of sanctity. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I just sit there going, I don't know if I can even handle that responsibility. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing about your faith journey. I mean, it's really been, uh a beautiful uh journey the way god has uh, shown up and how the blessed mother has has cared for you all these years um and uh even to the point of helping you deliver 
uh, in jail than without without incident. So that's really uh, incredible. Um, and I guess so. Just um, last question for me. I guess just something really practical would be. How do you keep from getting hacked? Like, like, like guys, guys listening, like, uh, probably thinking like, maybe, maybe I should check my passwords. Like maybe I should double check. Uh, so, so uh, how can we, how can we protect ourselves online and, 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 um, and keep from getting hacked again? Well, first and foremost, so Instagram was using two-factor authentication, even though you didn't set it up, but they set it up in a way that was still able to be manipulated. So you had a username and password. That username and password, someone was able to get their hands on somehow. Instagram knew that it wasn't you or any of your associates because it didn't recognize the MAC address or the IP address that it was mm. coming. So they sent you that email to say, hey, do you, do you want to let this person in? So that was their two-factor authentication. However, you know, because you have however many people you have working with you and so many people going into this account, you probably just didn't know. Um, so that's one of the things that you can validate is, you know, when you get a weird message like that, you know, hey, hey, this wasn't me. You reach out to your teammates and your associates. Was this any of you? Right. If you have... Uh, if you want to set up pure two-factor authentication, it's pretty, it's really easy to do. Um, I have a, you know, I, I use an app called Google, Google Authenticator. And essentially what that is, is uh, if I log into almost any account from a foreign device, so whether it's Instagram, Facebook, my bank, if I use any of those things, uh, I type in my username, I type in my password, the website will say, hey, I don't recognize the device you're on or where you are. Uh, please you know, provide your, your second password. And then I have to go into the Google Authenticator app. And then the Google Authenticator has a password in there for that specific website that changes every 30 seconds. So then within those 30 seconds, I have to put that password in. And then they say, okay, it really is you. But then they'll probably do a follow-up after that and say, to, you know, text message or email and say, hey, did you actually log in? So you've got three layers of protection there when you use uh, an app like Google Authenticator. Yeah, and it it seems like a burden, but in fact, I mean, the amount of stress and anxiety that I had to go through, I just can't encourage all of our listeners more to like at this moment set it up and get it taken care of. And and Matt, you you work, and I, I don't even know if we've ever mentioned this, but you work as you know an IT for a, a very large U.S. bank. Um, to to protect the bank and obviously the individuals that use the bank what other concerns should we have in the digital space i mean we're talking specifically about social media platforms but what are some other things that we might be doing that is causing um ourselves to be you know exposed if you will well one of the most common problems that i see personally is people reusing passwords across multiple platforms like that's that's like a death sentence uh, so yeah. if so if you if you have a you an email a password that you use for let's say bestbuy.com for your best buy account you're also using that same email and that same password for your bank you're also using that same email and same password for facebook for instagram well 
you know, get, you know, just try it. Uh, you know, the hacker gets one, they just go around trying random websites and see what they get hit with. Um, you know, I get emails all the time from, and the reason why I said Best Buy is I get emails all the time from Best Buy saying, hey, some, you know, somebody requested, uh, you know, forgot your password function for Best Buy, but I don't have a Best Buy account. They're just phishing. Yeah. Um, so that's, so that's one thing. The other thing is one of the most dangerous places you can log in is from a foreign hotspot. Like, you know, well-known ones like Starbucks are generally okay. But if you're at like a small time coffee shop, um, you know, it, you're probably very exposed there because what people can do is if you connect to that Wi-Fi, it, it, when you, you know, when you read that really long thing that nobody ever reads, it actually says it in there that if you connect to this hotspot, it's an open hotspot, meaning any information you send, like any passwords you send to the router to authenticate through the internet and relay the information back to you to display on the screen, that can all be intercepted very easily. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So set up two-factor authentications. Don't use the same password. You know, get a one password or a last pass or one of these different groups that um, can can create passwords for you. And be be leery now. Actually, just the question: What if I go to a place like a a little coffee shop and I use my phone's hotspot? Does that expose me, or would that be a better you know, um, that's, that's, that's a little more secure because your phone is still in, is encrypted. Okay. And so it's not easy to just pull through it. So when I say it's open, meaning you just connect to, um, uh, I don't want to use like, you know, it's a, a comp, you know, let's say a very large coffee shop that is all yeah. over the place. You connect to that hotspot. Uh, someone malfeasant also is connected to that hotspot and is pull, pulling back data that's moving through that hotspot. You know, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I do this at home all the time with my kids. I monitor their traffic on the router, but it's my router, it's my internet. So it's not really a problem if I do it. Right. Um, but just as easily as I do it at home, it's just as easy for someone to do it. Um, at a pizza place. Wow. Well, I'm so grateful, Matt. Well, it's been, it's been a blessing. Any, any last comments that you would like to leave with men um, to either in their faith journey or in their, you know, digital lives? Um, Um, Use, use common sense, you know, read (laughs) just, do lots of reading because, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to sound pompous the way I say this, but the, the way I make money is just is oftentimes because someone somewhere just clicked the button they weren't supposed to. <laughs> I get um, it. I, I'm guilty. And then I, I'm very fine with being, being the, uh, the example yeah. <laughs> on this episode. So, yeah. So, so just be vigilant, you know, just like 
St. Paul says the devil is like a roaring, prowling lion out for a kill. So are these internet hackers from India and China. Yeah. And uh, if you see a Bitcoin thing, so it, it, because I'm on the fi- because I'm also a finance person, uh, if someone's coming to you and saying, "Hey, give me five hundred dollars, and in a week you'll get four thousand. They're they're lying to you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, there's a saying, right? That if it's too good to be true, you are the product. Um, you know? exactly. So that's uh, so true. Wow. Well, Matt, again, uh, we're so grateful. We just really thank you for for who you are, for your faith journey, your witness, and for the support that you have given to the Catholic gentleman without our request. So um, you are in our prayers, and and we just really appreciate you being with us today. Oh, thank you. God bless. Yeah, God bless. Well, as we end each of our episodes. Be a man, be a saint.